We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. to another episode of What the World Needs More of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I'm your host. I am excited. We have a very special guest oh, tuning in all the way from the UK. Chelsea, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Derek. <laughs> now, I am very excited, and we're going to dive straight into the first question of the show, which is what do you believe the world needs more of? Oh, well, um, I think there's a lot of things that the world needs more of, but one of the things that um, I really believe in is what we have control over individually. And so my answer, if I had to narrow it down to one thing, would probably be um, I think the world needs more mindfulness. And and I describe that as um, living your own life with a lot more intention and less reactionary. So, you know, mindfulness, not necessarily the idea that some people get sitting, you know, meditating silent or in stillness, but really um, taking the approach to your life with um, a lot more intention um, behind decisions, thought processes, actions, reactions, all of that stuff. So, because I think that that's where we really start to make a ripple is when we start with ourselves and that ripples out to everybody around us. I love that. I love that. And how do you practice that in the world each day? Well, I think that um, just through certain experiences, circumstances, um, for myself, it really, and funny enough, um, I'm into yoga and, you know, all kinds of things. Um, but I, I actually don't really have a still kind of like meditation practice. Like I said, what most people think of when they hear the word mindfulness. Uh, for me, it's been a lot of self-inquiry. So um, being just curious, curious about my thoughts, curious about the way the world works, curious about why I do the things that I do and also why other people do the things that they do. Because I think when we can start to have that curiosity for ourselves and others, it actually creates a lot of compassion, which is one thing that the world needs more of. Um, it creates a lot of self-compassion. But when we start to get curious about others as well, it also creates a lot of compassion for others. So I would actually say the most thing I've done is not take any thought of, that I have or belief that I have as a singular fact, but actually decided to think about where it came from, why, why I think that or believe it. And, um, you know, where, where in my life that may have been developed and is that true and still serving me to think or believe that thing to the present day. Hmm. I love that. The curiosity to question it, to figure out where it came from, to, to experience it and see if it still serves you. I really love that. Speaking of you, I'd love to know what <laughs> do you consider to be your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you? And what's a couple life moments that help shape it? Oh, well, um, I think 
I think what makes me uniquely me um, is sort of my unwavering optimism <laughs> of life. Um, you know, I feel that, you know, I've had a pretty great life, but I've also dealt with some pretty tough things. Um, but through all of that, I think that somehow, somehow, somewhere along the way, I've been able to still see beauty mm. in the world or around me or whatever it is, regardless of what's going on, you know, in, in maybe what feels like it's right in front of me. And that's, I think that the power of perspective, right? In the sense that it's so easy to focus in on what's happening right in front of you. And it can feel like whatever that may be, if it's a challenging thing, wants to eat you up. But when we can start to look at the world around us, we, we can see that there's still so much beauty, um, even in pain. And I think one of the one of the more concrete examples I have of this, because I've always been able to do it, I think, at a little bit of a more esoteric level, but um, real concrete example I have was I witnessed a, a, an experience in um, Africa that was, you know, quite a traumatic experience, um, and I recall being on the plane. I, I had to fly home alone, and I remember looking out the window as an accident while we're climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And I remember my first thought when I looked out the plane was out the window, I saw this massive mountain that had just been, you know, like I said, a very horrible experience in my life. Um, and it had only been, you know, 24 hours prior. But, and I remember my first reaction was that I wanted to turn away. I wanted to stop looking because I didn't want to see this thing that had caused so much pain in my life. But I decided instead to keep my eyes open and remain looking out the window. And I saw the most majestic um, sunset that actually took place because of the timing of my flight, my flight path. I literally saw the sunset over this massive mountain for like an hour. And it was really just that reminder, that physical concrete example of a reminder of, yes, there's pain, there's suffering, there's hurt in this world. But if you choose to keep your eyes open if you choose not to close off, then there is beauty even amongst pain. Um, and so anytime I feel that desire or that urge to kind of shut down or close down, I'm, I'm reminded of that actual concrete example because it was just so true. I could have closed my eyes and missed it all, but by keeping them open, I witnessed one of the most beautiful and majestic things I've ever seen in my life. So, <laughs> mm. Wow. What a powerful moment. And what a test of life. And, and yeah. you know, what an opportunity to give you that choice to, to, to dig deep and, and decide. Is it, is it time to see or is it time to hide? And, and you chose to see. How cool. How cool. What about a moment that made you feel incredibly humble? A <sighs> um, moment that made me feel incredibly humble. Well, I have, I, I'm very drawn to nature. And um, one of, I, I'm an avid traveler, and one of the reasons that I do love to travel is because it reminds us of our humility. I always say that, that there's a very fine balance of our, our insignificance and our potential, right? And you don't want to fall too far on the line of either one being more important than the other. And for me, that's where travel has been my greatest teacher, because anytime, um, you know, if life feels like it's um you know challenging to you or just like we were talking about in the pre-interview um so when you can get some perspective outside of your own world you start to realize that there's so much more going on in the world and i um 
I had, I had gone on this trip to Fiji and I remember um, showing up there and they had just undergone this massive cyclone, massive cyclone. Um, and I, I think you've probably been to Fiji. It's one of those places that's just, you know, unbelievably beautiful islands everywhere, crystal clear water. Um, so that in and of itself is humbling to recognize that there's this much beauty on earth, but I had shown up to Fiji and there were all of these people that had just undergone this horrific event. You know, their families were you know, completely dismantled, you know, children died and old people died and communities were just, you know, torn apart. And they still had these unbelievably beautiful smiles on their faces. And they would just, you know, you'd walk in and they would say, oh, Bula, and they were just so happy. And that was, once again, one of those reminders that, you know, we can put ourselves at the center of the universe, but the world's going to keep going around you, whether or not, you know, you're choosing to put yourself at the center or not. Um, or you can choose to, you know, be a part of that universe. And that was really what I saw in these people was despite devastation, despite pain that they had just gone through, they were still willing to show up in the world, kind of circling back to that very first thing. They were, they were willing to show up in the world in a way that um, allowed other people to be influenced by their energy and their light that they were bringing to the world. And that was such a humbling thing because, you know, I think I expected to show up and, and not that they weren't, you know, experiencing tremendous loss and things like that, but their, the way that they chose to show up in the world just reminded me that, um, you know, at the time, my own problems seemed so seemingly small um, compared to some of the stuff that they were dealing with. <laughs> It's wild. There's a culture. I've grown up going back and forth over there since I was very little. Um, and, and it's a cultural element there that exists that, like you said, no matter what happens, there's a natural joy that's present mm. at all times. Um, I, I spent some time on, on the other side, close to, to where you mentioned. I, I lived in the villages over in Uganda for a while teaching organic farming. And there, there's a similarity, not exactly the same, but a similarity of, of that general aliveness. And mm. where it exists most, where I found, wasn't in the big cities. The big Fiji has it everywhere. But, <laughs> but over in Uganda, it was in the villages. When you got to the villages, there was a general joy for just living. Um, and, mm -hmm. and it's something... They, like, like you said, even though the challenges they face every day, no running water, no electricity, no toilets many times, it, it's just that the simplicity of just being alive brings with it a joy for being alive. It's mm. very, very special. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, like I said, travel has been my greatest teacher because when I've visited, you know, places that are more rural or, you know, have more poverty, things like that. I'm all, I, I walk away and every time I say, my God, there are so many ways to exist in this world. Yeah. There really are. And the, the only choice that is among us is, you know, our, our approach to that existence. And there's a lot of happy people out there that have almost nothing, you know, they're almost happier than the people who have it all That's sometimes. Right. <laughs> so, so just a total side note, we were speaking of travel and just the fact that there's so many ways to exist I remember we were going th with a group we were taking on a trip through Nicaragua and, and we were learning how the cartels and the local government worked a deal because there was so much bloodshed. They actually just decided to say, hey, 
you know, if, if you work for the police, but you live in the countryside, you now work with the cartel. If you work with the cartel, but you live in the city, you now work with the police. Uh, no one's going to yeah. cross the line in between. And all of a sudden, all the, all the, the fighting stopped. And it, um, I can't say I endorse it because I don't think it's the best thing in the world. But to figure out how to get two groups that were tearing each other apart to now not even have to work together, just be you know separate but alive. Um, it was one of those things that on the bus ride, I was scratching my head going, wow, this is literally how someone's decided to choose to live their life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that's a really different world that I choose to live in each and every day and people can say like no 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 it's circumstance and I'm like no because I met a dude from Nicaragua who didn't like it who walked all the way to Costa Rica to to have a different kind of life and I was like that's a long yeah. ass walk but he decided to have a different life <laughs> And bless his soul, like he had to start over, but but it was the life that he wanted, and he didn't want to have that that kind of life, and 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 just sorry, total side note, had nothing to do with what we were talking about except for the fact that people can take such extreme circumstances, and if you like you were saying, if you travel the world, you'll see so many different ways that people can choose to live life, and and that was just one that left me in a moment where I was like, wow, okay. Um, there's one other one that I'll throw it out there and then I'll, I'll circle it back to what we were talking about. I remember I was in Tampa and I went to a networking meeting and at this networking meeting, people introduced themselves. Hi, what do you do? Wonderful. And they, they share with you, you know, how can I help? Stuff like that. It's wonderful. And I met this guy and I said, Hey, what do you do? And he said, Hey, nice to meet you. I'm a treasure hunter. Oh, I love it. And I remember I looked at him and I'm like, is that like code word for network marketing? Like, are you digging for the treasure within me? Are you a coach? Like, is that a life coach thing? Like, you're going to pull out my hidden treasures as a human and potential? Like, I don't know where this guy's going with this. He's like, no, I have a crew. I have a ship. We sail around the world and we look for sunken treasure. I'm like, you're a pirate? He's like, I'm not a pirate. I'm, I'm a treasure hunter. <laughs> and I was like, nowhere on the graduation list when I was done with all my studies did I see the checkbox that I could choose to be a pirate and he's like son I'm not a pirate <laughs> I was like but you hunt for sunken treasure and he's like yes that's correct and so I had the deepest question which is like have you found anything <laughs> how's that working and he and he was actually the guy and and not guy but, but the team who found like $20 million worth of Spanish coins that were sunk off the coast of Spain. And he found them, oh. drudged them up, brought them back. And then the country of Spain sued him and said it was historical artifacts and they wanted their 20 million bucks back. And he was like, no, I found it. <laughs> Maritime law. But one of those things, again, you know, these people in Nicaragua choosing to have this kind of life, this guy who decided to walk all the way to another country to have a different kind of life. And this guy who, who chose to be a freaking treasure hunter. And it, it, it's amazing. Like you're saying, just, just a bit of reflecting on the fact that there's so many choices of, of what yeah. someone can choose to do if, if they want to. Um, and that's where I think that mindfulness is so powerful because, you know, there is times, right? Like we all are born and into circumstances. There are circumstances in life that we don't choose because we're, we're, we are born wherever we're born and we are brought up wherever we're brought up. Right. 
But that's where when you start to, as you do, start to develop and evolve your mind, the more you can start to kind of question those things and, you know, ask that question, does this serve me? Does this not? Like, what would or what would not? That's when we really start to get so intentional about that. And, you know, that man choosing to be a treasure hunter, like, that's amazing. Or that one that walked up and left. Like, those were all very intentional things. And it's so powerful when you start to approach life that way. So powerful. Now, I was in awe of that treasure hunter. I'd love to know what's an awe-inspiring moment that you've had over the years. Oh, gosh, there are way too many to count. Um, and, but funny that you asked that because I actually, um, I carry a little journal around with me wherever I go, and I love to write down, you know, anytime I feel those feelings that I just love, awe, wonder, gratitude, inspiration, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, it, it sounds trivial, but I have reached a point in my life where I really find awe and appreciation in some of the simplest things. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm pretty drawn and to nature and I swear there's times where I just sit there and I look at the sunset and I truly like, I cannot believe that that is something that we get to see and witness and experience every single day that we just live on this planet and it just comes with us. Like the fact that that kind of beauty is presented to me and I don't have to ask for it. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to request it. It's just there. Um, those are truly the things that I think bring me some of the, the biggest moments of awe in my life. But um, I think from a more tangible perspective, I think that um, sharing your voice, I've realized um, is one of the most getting back to humbling. It's, it's quite a humbling thing. You second, you know, you can kind of second guess yourself, but when I've done things that have scared me or gotten outside of my comfort zone, stood on stages, written articles, you know, things like that, um, I'm amazed at how having the courage to share your thoughts or your perspectives or your ideas can add value to other people. And I think that, you know, it's easy, like I said, kind of, it's all kind of coming to a theme here. It's easy to close off and, you know, close your eyes and shut down and turn around um, from life, but I found that the more you kind of open yourself up to it and the more I've actually been willing to share, you know, certain aspects of my story, even vulnerable ones, um, those are the times that I've actually heard people say back to me, oh my gosh, like I've never thought about it this way before or hearing your story really inspired me or whatever it is. And those things bring me to awe because in an instant, I could have chosen not to. And by, by getting, you know, out of my fear and choosing to do so, the fact that you can influence other people um, just really amazes me because it's so easy to say no. <laughs> it is. And it's tempting to say no. <laughs> I wonder where, what life would have been like if, if you would have closed your eyes, if you would have said no. I know. It's, it's, you know, these are, these are the dots that, are continuously connecting that, you know, we may never even see in our lifetimes, um, but they're happening all around us all the time, you know? Yeah. I, I forget what the movie was called. I think it was Leonardo DiCaprio, the one where there's destiny happening, but there's certain choices you can make. And then there's the people who are trying to keep you on track that are running in the background. I don't remember the movie, but there was a movie, there's a scene where it, 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 it's about choice and, and, 
the whole concept of the movie is there's a destiny unfolding. There's a plan unfolding. And then there's these guys at the end who have this little book they have open and they see like you walking your path. And then there's little nodes that you kind of hit. And when you hit one of these little pieces, you can make a different decision, which leads to an entirely different path. But they kind of observe. And the whole point of these people in the background is to kind of nudge you back onto the path. Um, And so there's a guy who somehow figures it out. And he like they're chasing him to try to nudge him back on path. And he's literally like jumping through doors to dimensions and all this stuff. It's a great movie. I forget what it is. But that concept of at every moment that choice shows up and and both both are just an entirely different journey and they might be very similar journeys but just have slightly different elements to them and both choices have the ability to lead to a whole different path it, it, it's and it's those really yeah there are times in life where there's big decisions that need to be made and we see these pivot points in our life but those are far less frequent than those momentary or daily decisions that we're making that are actually carving the path. You know, yes, sometimes there's big things that happen, but for the most part, it's those, those momentary decisions that we make that are really, you know, building that, that pathway to wherever it is that we're going. That's right. In those moments to be able to choose love, to choose happiness, to choose friendliness, to choose fun or excitement or whatever the value would be. But those, mm-hmm. those moments show up every day. Speaking, mm-hmm. I heard you mention fear. What's your greatest fear? Oh, well, funny enough, <laughs> um, I don't have that many. I think that I've experienced, you know, a lot of different emotions um, at heightened levels that I've now realized that we can kind of, we are the most getting back to what we're talking about with the travel and the poverty and all of that. We are some of the most adaptable creatures that you'll ever meet. Things that you never thought you could do, you you're able to do. And it's really unbelievable when you actually witness that and experience it for yourself rather than just through a story. Um, And that has actually taken away a lot of my fear. It doesn't mean that, you know, I like how things are right now. I don't want them to change. Um, But it doesn't mean that I don't believe that if, you know, circumstances happened in some way, shape or form that altered the trajectory of my life, that I wouldn't be able to adapt to it. So that has actually stripped away a lot of my fears. Um, But I think that, you know, I'm human. Fear is a natural emotion. It comes up. Um, How we respond to it is our choice. But um, I think I have those fears of coming up still, you know, just it, it, is what I'm doing, is it worthwhile? Does it matter? Is it all going to pan out? Um, because I feel like I've sort of chosen to take a road that um, doesn't always have, you know, a necessary guarantee or outcome at the end of it. Um, and that can be scary at times because it feels like you're putting yourself in a responsible and vulnerable position. I think the outcomes and the, the fulfillment of it are worth it, but it still comes with a lot of that, that questioning, that self-doubt. Am I doing the right thing? You know, who am I to think that I can do this? Um, all of that stuff. So I would say that those are probably more the fears that I experience um, on a regular basis um, than any one big grand, you know, oh, this would completely ruin or devastate my life kind of fear. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. From fears to excitement, what are you most excited about for your future? Um, 
mean, I, once again, like I've reached a place in my life where like, I really truly feel like I've designed it in a way where I would not, I wouldn't change hardly anything. It's, it's amazing. And so what I'm excited for is to continue to add the, just the building blocks of whatever it is that that life is going to evolve into. Um, you know, I think I, I've moved to London, which, as we were talking about before, it's, it's a big city and there's a lot going on here. And while I'm really loving it and it's a fun kind of short-term thing, I think getting close to the beach, back back to close to the beach again one day is something that I'm really excited about. And um, I'm working on a project that I'm really excited about. Um, I'm working on getting a book deal going it's about two years in the process and it's coming to the point where it may or may not come into fruition so once again though i i have no control over whether or not it does but i am excited to see kind of what unfolds from all the effort that's been put into that um so those are sort of some of the things right on top of mind that i would say that i'm really excited about Hmm. how fun if we can help you book it anyway, let us know. We'd be happy to nudge friends or, or tip them in your, your favor. Um, let, uh, thank you. I think the world always needs good thoughts floating around. So if people have great ideas and great experiences with life, we always like helping them share. Let's see. So we're going to switch to the second half quarter of our show. Second part. <laughs> I haven't come okay. up with a proper term for this transition yet. But second part we call nuts and bolts. Um, really simple. This is the more tactical, tangible, tactical, practical, applicable type stuff uh, that someone listening could immediately apply into their day-to-day life. And and so with this, there's so many, so much you've already shared. And I, I have about a whole page of notes going on, on my side so far. So thank you for all of that. Uh, the, the question in this section is, what do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life on each day as of right now? Alignment. Mm. Um, and the, the amazing thing about alignment is it's easy and it's clear. And once you stop resisting or fighting or pushing or pulling the things that we think we should and you know are supposed to and all of that stuff it actually becomes so clear so that's the approach I've taken to my business to my relationships to you know where I'm living I really love the question what's right right now and when, like I said, when you can kind of detach from some of those, you know, well, how's it all going to unfold or what, who am I or all of that stuff, usually the answer is so clear. We don't have to search for it. It's like right there. Um, so that's really the approach that I've taken and a pivot that I've taken over, I would say, the last 12 months. And it's been amazing because, like I said, there's, there's still a lot going on. There's a lot that I'm accomplishing. There's a lot that I'm guided towards, there's a lot, all of this stuff. But it's, it's done with a lot less efforting. You know, it feels like it's more ease and in flow. And um, it's been really wonderful what's right right now. And yeah. following that and wherever it takes me. <laughs> now, in doing that and having that practice, what's a key to your success with it? So if someone was listening, they've never done this before. What's a key to your success that they could try to apply themselves with this question or with this mindset or approach? 
Yeah, I think um, one of our natures and one of our human, you know, tendencies um, and fears associated with that is we get a really far ahead of ourselves. So, you know, say, let's give a, a, con- a contextual example. Say you're thinking of leaving your job and, you know, you want to start a business, um, but then your your mind starts to run wild of saying, you know, well, how would I ever make that work? It seems like such a risk, blah, 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 like all of this stuff. But when you, you're actually making decisions based on a future projection of what is, even though it may never actually even look like that. So it's, it's a really scary place to make your decisions from. Whereas if I'm in that place, and maybe the thing that's right right now is that you know you want to quit your job, but it's actually right to stay in your job right now and start pursuing something on the side. Or, I mean, we all know ourselves the best. Perhaps really you're the type of person that needs to rip off the Band-Aid because you're just going to stay there in a miserable existence for the next, you know, 20 years. Um, But usually the decision, when we're not coming from it from a place of fear, but we're actually coming from from a place of, you know, curiosity or abundance or something like that, it becomes pretty clear. Um, And for somebody who's maybe just thinking about this or the first time, you know, we can can get really caught in our heads, right? Like our heads will talk us into or out of almost everything. (laughs) Um, And that's where I really like to think about feelings um, versus thoughts. So, you know, if something, if you do something and it's going to feel exciting, and one thing to remember is that, you know, getting out of our comfort zone, um, that it's a similar physiological feeling as, um, you know, excitement and nervousness are kind of the two same feelings. We just wrap the story around which one is which, right? Um, so being aware and intentional about that, but I like to really think about feelings. Like, so if I were to make this decision or whatever it is that, you know, you're asking this question about, would it bring me feelings of ease and peace? and pride and, you know, appreciation, or is it going to bring me feelings of stress and anxiety and, you know, all of that, what, what feeling is it going to produce? Because the more we can kind of trend towards the feelings that we desire and make decisions off of those, the more we're starting to feel those feelings and attracting them into our lives. So that's where I like to think at the level of feelings because I know our minds can get super psycho crazy. And like I said, you can truly talk yourself into or out of almost anything. Um, we can rationalize anything. <laughs> so um, basing it off of feelings is really where I like to start that process. I love that. And so we've come to the final question. What's one actionable tip based on everything you've shared that someone can leave this conversation with and apply in their life? Well, we've talked about a lot. Talked about keeping your eyes open when life puts you in a position where it'd be easy to shut them. We've talked about, you know, traveling and exploring the world. We've talked about the power of choice, choosing what you want your path to be and being able to make that decision to go for it if you'd like. Uh, We've talked about how adaptable we are as human beings. We've talked about the ability you know, to, to, like you said, be working on new projects and have new opportunities. And if they work out, wonderful. If they don't, there's, you know, always a destiny or a destination that you're going to be going through. In this last section, we talked about the ability to figure out what's right right now and to use your feelings as the guide instead of allowing your, your, your thoughts to take you on a journey in every single direction it could. But if we were going to leave someone with one actionable tip, what could we leave them with? And that's where I actually, funny enough, shared it earlier, even though I didn't know you were going to ask me this question. Um, I think the more that you can write down 
um, getting those thoughts out of your head, the better. Like I said, I love to write down the things that make me feel great, the things that make me inspired or grateful or whatever, because the only space between a fact in life and the feeling that it produces is the thought that you have about it. So like, you know, if, if it's raining here in London and my thought is, oh, this crappy weather, I'm going to feel like crap, right? But if I, my thought between the fact that it's raining is, wow, you know, oh, it's winter. I'm excited about first experiencing my first winter as a California native, you know, then I feel excited about it. And so that's where I, and, you know, that curiosity, that process that I talked about going through, it came so much of that self-inquiry came from writing things down and understanding that the only space between a fact and a feeling is what's going on in my head. And we have the ability to turn those around through a lot of the work that I know you've done, you know, personal development type stuff, all that stuff. Um, so anybody can write down the things that make them feel good and the thoughts they were having during those times. And the more we start to unravel and create data points about things that make us feel good or some things that make us feel bad, the more we can start to gravitate towards the things that would make us feel good, which therefore influences how we show up in the world. So that's one thing I truly think everybody the ability to do whether it's in a journal on a you know rock if you don't have pen and paper in the sand whatever it may be everybody can write down or go through the process of that that curiosity about our own thoughts i love it i love it i love it well thank you so much for joining us uh, i know you mentioned a few awesome projects you're working on if people want to find more of those projects online or somewhere where could they go to find them Absolutely, yeah. So my uh, main platform is called Live Your Legend, um, and we've got a couple things there. We've got a passionate work program. I'm working on something called the Align Life School right now. Um, but everything is housed under Live Your Legend. Um, so that's my website. Uh, we've got you know Instagram and Facebook handles there, and then my personal life <laughs> is all found just um, at Chelsea Dinsmore. So that's my um, my my social media handles and things like that. Very cool. Well, we'll link all of them up in the show notes. For those of you listening, make sure to visit the show notes. Click on those links. Go learn about more Chelsea, what she's up to. Uh, learn about Live Your Legend. Say hello. Send her a DM and tell her you love the show. Uh, and, and Chelsea, once again, thank you so much for joining us here. It's been a pleasure to, to have this conversation and to share more of what you're up to with the world. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Of course. Now, for everyone tuning in, if you like this episode, make sure to share it. We believe that sharing is caring. We love caring people, so make sure to share. Uh, also, leave us a review on iTunes. We're always grateful to help spread the message and let more people know what you think. Till then, I look forward to seeing you on next episode.